0: We've been talking a lot about presence and being in the presence of God and, and whatnot. And the Lord um, had some great... Who had an opportunity to go this weekend to hear Brother Lonnie Riley up at Church on the Hill at least one of the sessions? I know I think all he is about 20 couple of us were able to be there. And it was just a good time. I just appreciated it so much. Deb, thanks for putting that together. Love Inc. sponsored that, of course. And thank you so much. It was just an absolute blessing. And some things he touched on. It was funny. I said to some folks... Nothing He said was new to me, but everything He said so affirmed in my spirit and encouraged me that I just was so blessed I couldn't even stand myself. God was just so so encouraging to my heart. Something He said brought to mind that, wow, this kind of sets into a verse that you've been looking at, Dave. Dave. I have been looking at. How many know I have been bringing up the last couple weeks? Exodus 33, 14, and 15. When, when uh, Moses in 15 says, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me up there. Everybody remember that part? And uh, in verse 14, it's like the Lord kind of had already answered him. The Lord said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you what? Rest. Everybody say rest. I will give you Rest. Now, how many know that rest is an active thing? Rest is not in your lounge chair watching football. Rest is an active thing, and guess who is providing the power? See, we're at rest when the Lord is the one doing the work. We're not at rest when we're the ones trying to do the work. Everybody hear that? We're at rest when God is moving. How many know that when you move with God, it doesn't matter how many hours awake you are, you feel fine because you aren't exhausted by yourself? You're not exhausted by trying to meet everybody else's needs on your own. So God says, hey, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But there was a verse just prior to that. That has really just settled with me a little bit, and then something that Brother Lonnie shared this weekend kind of triggered this to dig in a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Exodus 33 today as we keep looking at what it is to be led by the presence of God, to live in the presence, live from His presence. And uh, as soon as you get there, let me just hear you shout that God is good, please. Yes, He is. Exodus 33, we're going to just start at verse 12 to kind of get ourselves a segue into where we're going here. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me to lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Now, whether you like it or not, how many of you here have been called by God? If you are in Christ, you have been called by God. And I know sometimes it feels uncomfortable to raise your hand or you don't want to respond to the pastor because, just because he told you to raise your hand, but I, I feel like sometimes calisthenics gets our spiritual blood moving a little bit. How many of you know, whether you like it or not, you've been called by God? Okay, you have been. Yes, you have. You've been called by God. And how many know many times in that calling, we want to know what it looks like before we venture out? How many know that in even our current circumstances or situations, we want to know what it's going to look like? We want the book before we take one step. Come on. How many have been on a journey that you knew, had it not been for the presence of God, you had no clue where you were going? You had no clue how it was happening. Come on. You had no clue. And yet, how often do we say, God, I want to know. Somebody's talking to me over here. Please Please silence all phones. Mother, mo- I know you are—you're a blessing. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I know chocolate pudding, mashed potatoes. I can't forget all that. Woo, no, th- I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. I don't know how many people have sat in my office, and I resonated with them. I want to know. They say, I know i I got this going on, and and I just don't know what to do, and I just know I want to do this, but how's it going to happen? How's it going to go? And my flesh is going, I hear you, because I don't have an answer for you. Why are you in here? I feel the same way at times. If you in intending here if anything you get to see what it really is like to be a pastor, okay? Pastors are not way up here. We just happen to be called to this, just like y'all have been called. Come on. I just happen to be a mouth. And I'll sit in the office and I hear them and you know what I've gotten to do now? In fact, I have counseling degrees, I got all this other stuff, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I have, uh, I have resolved to this. This is what happens from now on, and I'm just telling you now, so, Pastor Dave, can we talk? Yeah, absolutely, I'm here, I've got my ears, I've got my heart, but I'm going to tell you right now, I will not fix it for you, I will not make it happen for you. If you don't know Jesus, I'm sharing the gospel. If you do know Jesus, I'm just going to affirm what you already know. Amen. Now you say, well, what about brokenness? Hey, I'm going to affirm the one that you know who is a healer. Right? But what about how am I going to do this? I'm going to affirm the one that I know who is your provider. But what about it? Hey, I'm just telling you now. You say, well, you're taking an easy way out. No. I'm taking the way out I should have taken the whole time that would have been much more fruitful for you instead of me trying to prop you up every time. You say, Who's he talking to? Okay, I'm just being generalized here. Come on. Come on. I don't want anybody coming after me. Were you talking about me in your sermon? I promise you, there's not a person up here. I promise you. Lead these people. You don't have to let me know. You have you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You said I know you by name, and you you've found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue. This is verse thirteen. If you are pleased with me, Moses says this. What does he say? Teach me your what, your ways. Teach me your ways. When you're asking someone to teach me their ways or show me your ways, you are basically saying, what makes you tick? And you know what Moses is saying, and this is to be in a, as, as, a, as sacred a way of saying it, God, what makes you tick? Because if I find out what makes you tick, I'm going to get to know you. That's why he said here, uh, he, he says, teach me your ways, so I What? Hello? So I what? So I may know you. We talk about being in the presence of God. You know how to stay in the presence of God? To continually be aware of His ways, of how He operates. We don't, know that, we don't need to know the details. We just need to know that God is a healer. God is a Savior. God is a provider. God will always come through in his will. God is faithful to accomplish what he has set forth. Paul said in Philippians 1.6, what he has begun in you, who is he talking to? Come on, wives, nudge your husbands. Husbands, your wives, friends, brothers, sisters in Christ, what he has begun in you, he will finish. And how many of us go, oh, it's never going to happen? Right? It's never going to happen. So I'm reading this, and in, 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 I'm like, wow, so that I may know you. You mean Moses had this concept that I want to know, I want to, my whole goal here, even in knowing how you work, is that I may what? Know you. In fact, if you read here from Moses, it really didn't have anything to do with, accomplishing something or getting something from God, what was it that Moses may what? Know Him. Everybody say, know Him. How many know that all God wants is for you to know Him? And He wants to know you. What does God want from me? He wants you. But then I came across a verse, just a few verses prior here, that has kind of blown me out of the water a little bit. In fact, so much so that me walking up here today, whatever I had prepared for today just went out the window about an hour and a half ago. Can you back up to verse 1 of 33, please? Now, what is Moses? Why is he saying, I just want to know you? Because he's referring something based on what we're about to read. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place. You and the people you brought up out of Egypt, go up to the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send a What? before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Okay, how many say, well, that sounds pretty good. God, sent, God brought them out there to go to the promised land, amen? And he's now saying to Moses, okay, now you and the people go, I'll send an angel out, uh, and they'll fight off all your enemies, and you can go on into the land. How many does that sound pretty good? Anyway, it sounds pretty good. And, and here's the thing. And he even said, and the reason I'm doing this is because I made an oath. And how many know that when God makes an oath, when God promises, when God puts something in place, he's going to what? He's going to do it. So at first, I'm sure, you know, maybe Moses and all these other people. Now, may, maybe i ask you a question real quick. How do you think the people of Israel have been this whole time prior to getting to the promised land? Have they been God-fearing, worshiping people? They've been what? Everything but they have been in all out rejection of who? Rejection of God. We don't want anything to do with them. Very few people that really sought the Lord in the face of God. So we say right now, yeah, that sounds pretty good, but let's continue verse three. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. And I can see everybody going, yes, yes, that's what you promised us, blah, blah, blah. But what does he go on to say? I will not go with you." He said, but I will not go with you, because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. Whoa, Pastor Dave, where did you just take that left turn at? I'm going to tell you what, I'm just going to try to keep it very simple, and, society, or whatever the word is, I don't know. Succinct, thank you. I was going to sound fancy, and then I screwed it all up, so. <sighs> God's saying, you know what, okay, 40 years you guys have been roaming out here, and all you've wanted is what? What God said He'd give me. I want what God said He he promised. He promised. In fact, He better give it to us because that's what He said He'd do. And do you know how many people throughout the centuries have held God at His Word and yet refused to know God themselves? How many times have we tried to hold God at His word to get our stuff and our successes and everything He's offered, but we want no relationship? We don't want His presence. We don't want His presence. And so He goes on to say, look, okay, yeah, only because I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob And only because I am committed to my name, you can have the promised land. I'll even send you an angel to go take care of it because it is my will to give that to you, and I promise that to you. So I will make sure it gets done, but don't listen to me now. My presence will not be there. You're on your own. what does that do to people right now? Sitting here, hello, what's your response? Pastor Dave, I'm hungry. Pastor Dave, that's kind of not. What is your response in me saying this right now? What was the focus of the people of Israel? They wanted to be successful and get their stuff. They didn't, and, and and they knew that only one could provide it. Who was it? God, but so we're going to hold Him to it, but we want nothing to do with being in relationship with Him and being in His presence. (sighs) Praise be to God there was a man like Moses that said, unless your presence goes with me, I'm not going anywhere. I will stay in the middle of this muddy mess that's dank and gross because I would rather be in a place where no matter how bad it is around me, I've got you. And because I have you, I've got peace. I've got joy. I've got love. I've got faithfulness. I've got gentleness. I've got mercy and grace. I've got it all right here. Why would I want my stuff and not have you? Many times we get into the promises of God. How many know there's thousands of them? Aren't they awesome? But I'm going to tell you what, right now, those promises are not there for you. Now, don't get the tomatoes out yet. Bear with me. Those promises are not just for you. Those miracles, who's had a miracle happen in your life where you were healed, you were Set free. How many know that those miracles, provision happened where you can't even imagine it happened? Come on now. Those miracles were not just for you, those promises are not just for you to stop right there with you. I heard Pastor Bill Johnson say this, and that's the best way I've ever heard it. How many have a favorite restaurant? Come on. Shout, somebody just shot a restaurant out. Red Lobster, okay. Denise is a Red Lobster fan. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Denise is driving down the road. She's heard about Red Lobster. She knows that all that Red Lobster will provide, those cheesy, biscuity goodness, there they are. She knows that it's there, and along the interstate, there's a sign that says Red Lobster, 0.6 miles off this exit. There's a sign, right? And she's driving, and Butch! Does she let you drive? Butch! I was going to do this side, but Butch! It's the sign to Red Lobster! With all its good food and all its bounty. Isn't it great? And Butch is sitting there and being, yeah. And she says, oh, I'm so satisfied. And she drives past the sign and down along her way. How come we find ourselves satisfied with just a sign when the sign is only there to show us where to get the real stuff? How many stomachs, tummies would get full just by looking at the sign? No, you go to where it's, go, it's given, right? Do you know what a promise is? Do you know what a miracle is? It's a sign pointing to who? So when we make it all about us getting stuff, when we make it all about, I need the miracle, when we make it about, I'm going to hold you to your promise, because I want, I want, I want, I want. Eventually, the Lord's going to be like, okay, you know what? You got it, but my presence isn't, you're not interested in the least bit in my presence. Give, give, give. That's fine. You take, but you have no desire for the giver, do you? So many times what we end up with is people disappointed in God because He didn't do it the way they thought they sh- it should be done. And we start getting angry at the Lord. We start telling Him what He isn't, rather than getting back to the fact that all He's ever wanted all along is for what? You to be in His presence. Matthew 5 says, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they will be filled. It doesn't say, blessed are those that thirst and hungry for stuff that makes them feel better. Right? Blessed are those that, 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 whose anxieties and fears are taken away. No. He said, you will be filled. And that's what Moses realized. He said, you know what? I don't care if I ever get to the promised land, I want His presence. I don't care if I ever attain success in this area, I want His presence first. I don't care if I ever get this, 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 or this, or this, I want Him. I want Him. I want Him. And for the church, the body of Christ, to continue to be what God's called them to be, it's time to start looking at what He can give us and start looking for Him. You say, why have you been so focused on the presence? Because we will do nothing but be part of a dying vine that the rest of churches for centuries have been that have not pressed into who? Him. We will not be the bearers of His image and the bearers of His power. We will not be the reflection of Jesus that we've been called to be if we are pressed in trying to be successful or trying to find out this or get this. When we press into Him, He said, Seek first the kingdom of God in all its righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. So for us, what do you want more than anything in life? And I'm asking you directly. I'm asking myself directly, what do we want more than anything in our life? I've even lost all my notes I was going to use. I just jotted down three verses and I want you to hear them. The people I just described are what the Pharisees were. They lived by rules. They lived by moral values but they did not live by the presence of God. And you know what Jesus called them? Whitewashed tombs. He said, why don't you wash like a dirty cup? Wash the inside of the cup first, then you wash the outside. Right? He said, get get in my presence and watch what I do in you. The outside will take care of itself, won't it? Anymore when I pray for people, for healing." Lord, I thank you before I pray anything else, we worship you, and I also thank you that, Lord, as we are in your presence and you are in their lives, then out of that is an outflow of healing. Thank you, Jesus, because you are a healer. But I need to know you first before I go asking you for your stuff. I need to be in your presence. I need to honor you. Psalm 63.1, we have Brother David, King David, saying this, earnestly I seek you. I love this part. My soul thirsts for you as in a dry and parched land. Do You know what David was saying? I don't care what you do anymore. How many know that David really, I believe this, David wholeheartedly would have easily given up the kingdom? How many know that? How many know that David really didn't even care about being a king? Come on. How many knew that? Now, he got himself into, tr- himself into trouble every time he tried to act like a king, didn't he? But when he didn't care about being a king because he cared more about the presence of God, what what did the Lord do in him? He did the impossible. He did the impossible. We cannot reject God Almighty and expect Him to continue moving in our midst in might and in power. We cannot reject His presence. We can't. We need Him first. Everything else will be added on. Who's hearing me today? Anybody hearing that today? The Lord says, I want you. I want you. In fact, guys, I know this is awkward, but I, you've got to hear these words. Somebody, don't not do this. Please look up here. Please look up here. Don't be distracted. Don't look, look up here. I want you to find that person next to you, and I want you to say to them as clear as day. I know you might be a shy person, but take, get over your shyness just for one moment. Let him empower you. Just say to that person, the Lord wants you. The Lord wants you. The Lord wants you. But God, you don't know my circumstance. I do. I heard this said this weekend, your circumstance is a lot smaller than his kingdom. So why is your circumstance beyond hope? Your circumstance, God's kingdom. (laughs) Amen. You, God, you, who did this? Somebody did this. Preached a whole 35-minute message on this. Heidi Baker, that's all she said. You, God. You, God. After about 10 minutes of people going, uh, the power of God fell all over the place and didn't leave one untouched. Because the moment we realize us, God. You say, how can I stay focused on God? Well, if He's big enough that He takes up your eyeline in every area you look, you're going to be in Him all day. When God is not smaller than anything in your life but is bigger than everything in your life, you will always have your eyes on who? We did that in a men's group, didn't we, Curtis? I had Curtis stand next to a ballpoint pen. And I asked the man, "Who do? what do you see? Fortunately, most of them said, we see Curtis, but there was one, I can't remember who said, I see the pen. I'm like, well, so much for that object lesson. But we see Curtis. Why? Because he's bigger. Exactly. And whose choice is it to make God bigger? Because he already is. He wants to be so big that you live in that presence. He's so big. come on, church. Let's not be the people of Israel that are saying, oh, God, you promised. And God said, well, I did promise, and I have lots of promises for you, but they're first so you get to know who I am and know my ways. You know my ways, you'll know me. You know my ways, you'll know me. Right? So, what's the character of God? Well, Ephesians is very clear. The word is very clear. In fact, I'm going to read it straight out. I'm sorry, it's, I said Ephesians, Galatians. You all know this, but I want to make sure I just read it directly. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many people in here struggle with love? Come on. How many struggle with love? Stop begging God for love. Get in His presence. How many here struggle to have joy? Stop begging God for joy. Get in His presence. How many are struggling with peace? Look at our nation. How many are struggling with peace? Don't ask for peace. Get in His nation and get in His presence. I hear people all the time, I ask for pa- Don't ask God for patience. Yeah, don't ask God for patience. Get in His presence. He'll take care of business then. Right? Lord, we want a hunger and thirst for righteousness. We want You. We want You. Could I have just a couple of the praise team along with just I exalt thee again. Just continue to play that just for a moment. For those of us here, um, uh, you guys can just... Close your eyes just for a moment. Lord, I'm just gonna thank you right now, Jesus, that this has never been about us. And Lord, somewhere along the line, we get ourselves in, into a bit of a mess because we have so made, we have so made this about us. We have made this a self-centered gospel. You came to set us free from ourselves so we'd start seeing things the way you want us to see. So, God, we just want to thank you and praise you for your goodness, your love, and your mercy. But, Lord, what we want more than anything, God, I don't even want to go to heaven if you're not there. Come on. I don't even want to go to heaven if your presence isn't there. Lord, I don't want to go anywhere if your presence isn't there. Amen. Why would I? I don't want to go to church if your presence isn't there. Why would I? God, I just want to thank you. You're the one that says, come to me. Come to me. You who are weary. And I'll give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise let's just stand right now we're going to close as we just sing together and worship him just for a moment as we sing to the one that matters above all else god almighty amen oh lord let's sing together now oh i exalt thee I